Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hilary Milnes, and joining me today is Hal Rubenstein, the Global Style Director at Gabriel & Co. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. So we were actually just chatting about this, but it's hard to fit your title into a a quippy little intro. So you have a few other things going on. So why don't you give us a little bit of context? (laughs) It's it's been a long career. (laughs) Let's see. I'm the West Coast editor of of the quarterly called 429 magazine. I was just made, uh, what did I just call it? A cultural... Cultural content ambassador for Blueprint Studios, that's Damon John's um, uh, new new workspace that goes along with Shark Group. Um, I am uh, image consultant for the redesign of the Raleigh Hotel. I also I do restaurant and I do hotel consulting for lots of different people. And uh, we can stop there. That's, right. that's <laughs> really enough. But I mean, but I mean, one of the, uh, the things that uh, basically occupies a good part of my time is is working with Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So Julie. So at Gabriel & Co., why don't you um, describe a little bit about your role? You're in so many different industries. Uh, what do you, how do you approach that business, and what, you know, what, what's your day-to-day like? Well, see, for, for me, Gabriel, that's a personal thing. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, I've been involved in, in, in fashion for two or three decades. I was never directly involved with jewelry, but you can obviously <laughs> see from my hands. Um, I, I happen to love jewelry. I have always loved jewelry. Um, it's, uh, I, I think because growing up, I, I had... Um, number one, I had a jeweler who lived on my, on my floor, who was actually my parents' best friend, and my father adored my mother. Uh-huh. Uh, just He just thought she was the most beautiful thing on the face of this earth, and he loved to buy jewelry for her, and he would, he would custom make stuff with, with the jeweler. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other jewelers, actually the jeweler's name was Hal, oddly enough, and um, so... My, my, my father was, was not a man of many words. I mean, I'm, I'm the writer in the family, not him. And so what he couldn't say with words, he said with things that sparkled. And it wasn't just giving pieces because, okay, it's your birthday, here's a pair of earrings. They meant something to him. Each one of these things, he would, sift, he would craft these things with Hal and present them to my mother, and he knew exactly what she loved. He knew exactly the scale of things. And consequently... I started to realize that, that that fine jewelry, that when you give people fine jewelry, several things are involved. One, they're almost always attached to emotion. Mm-hmm. Two, because they're important to people, they wind up being the recipient of memories. And third is, every single thing that you're wearing at this point, at some point, you will discard. You right. will probably get rid of. Mm-hmm. No one throws away fine jewelry. Right. Nobody. Your costume jewelry, yes. Fashion jewelry, yes. But if it's if it's made out of gold, or if it's made out of silver, and it has diamonds in it, or any kind of other stone, and it was given to you at a time that matters, you are never getting rid of this. You may pass it down, mm-hmm. or you may give it to somebody else with the same sense of intention and emotion, but it will never actually leave you. Which makes jewelry, to me, something incredibly important. Because it's almost as if, I mean, I have one, two, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten rings on 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 five fingers yes, here. Confirm. Yes, every single one of them has a story, 
And by telling you this 10 stories, which I'm not going to right now, but the thing is, you will learn a good part about my history, a good part about important places in my life and important people in my life. And that's why I think jewelry matters so much to people. I think it's the same reason why if you open up the top drawer of, 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 a, woman's, of a woman's dresser, it almost is always featuring jewelry boxes. Mm -hmm. They're all in. Oddly enough, not only do you not throw away the jewelry, you don't even throw away the box. Right. <laughs> yeah. because, it all, because it all matters so much. And the wonderful thing about the people who, who the, 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 uh, Dominic and Jack Gabriel, who have created this company, uh, is that they have that same passion. They believe, in, they believe in the emotion behind jewelry. They believe in the emotion to create the, in the jewelry that they create. And so for me, it, it's, it's incredi incredibly synergistic to have come upon it and, and have been lucky enough to meet these people because they're not just making merchandise. They're just putting out stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a great love for what they're doing and a great love for this product because they understand what these pieces mean to the people who give it to other people. Mm -hmm. And I imagine after two or three decades in the fashion industry, are you a little tired of stuff? <laughs> no, the problem is, I, 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 when you see great stuff, no. When you see something that's wonderful and something that's truly beautiful, no, you still get excited. The problem is these days, there's just so much stuff. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. And it's crammed into stores. And it's also, it's not being sold right. It's not being presented properly. How and so? Because people don't edit. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, my main job as, 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 as fashion director at, at, at InStyle for 20 years was it was about, it was about editing. It was about curating. Mm -hmm. It was about saying to people, here's all, this, here's all this stuff. You know something? You don't need this. You don't need this. I really love this. This would work with it. It, it was presenting to people your take, your opinion, what you believed in. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the problem. I, and I think when you, when you look at stores or, or, or you look at retail, and I think it's in all aspects of uh, whether it's shoes or, or clothing or jewelry, it's, I look at the store and go, well, what do you believe in? Mm -hmm. What are you behind? What are you crazy about? Not let's throw it all against the wall and see what they buy. Right. Or, oh my God, what if they like this? And what if I'm missing this person? And what if I'm missing this, this group? And what about the millennials? And what about farm? You know, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. If you want to be everything to everybody, you are nothing to anybody. So we talk a lot to brands about storytelling, quote unquote, right. how, who they're trying to reach, how important it is to know their customer. Uh, are you seeing any evidence that the brands are working on that? There are some. There, there, there are some, but I think it's not just about storytelling. It's about having the guts to get behind something and saying, we love this, mm -hmm. okay? A, a very simple bracelet. A, a, uh, a Dominic designed it, the simple sort of beaded bracelet that I, it, it came in. It's not the most expensive thing in the house. Uh, and, and Berner, who's basically is, is married to Jack and is one of the, the key design people, at, at, uh, at Gabriel, she took a look at these, bead, these sort of gold bead bracelets and she fell mad for them, mm -hmm. absolutely mad. And she said, Hal, find a great name, let's find a great name. And I found this thing, uh, we call them Bujakan um, because it happens to be, it's an Indonesian word for seduction. And there was something Asian about the, about them, and and they're incredibly seductive bracelets. And like I said, they don't cost a fortune, but they're so cool. They're so cool. And yes, 
So instead of taking the bracelet that's $40,000, here's the bracelet that's 1000 and we're going to go mad for this. Why? Because you believe in it. Because you be, here's a bracelet that is accessible. Here's a bracelet that somebody can love. Here's a bracelet that somebody can wear every day. Because my whole philosophy is you should wear fine jewelry every day. That's our big program there. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a unabated plug here uh, but it's also because I mean it's the campaign I started because I really believe that mm -hmm. that you should wear fine jewelry every day but the idea of finding something and saying this is terrific we love this and I think that's the point stop there are too many focus groups there are too many metrics. You're running, uh, you, there are so many different sources and you know this, okay? You're, you're, you're in the digital world here. People are reading pages upon pages upon pages of technology. Mm -hmm. um, it's exhausting because the reality is what the hell do you love? What do you love? What are you crazy about? And honestly, if you can tap, if you can take that passion and tap it into other people's passions and your taste is good enough and you're, and you're, you're, you're material is has enough quality people will find it mm -hmm. i think one of the bigger problems that we're seeing is brands here okay you have to be on instagram you have to be on social media and then they all look the same it's a the aesthetic that that works well on that platform everyone kind of has taken the same idea and run with it and you see so much similarity there look, and, and i think part of the problem there again i i know you know the 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 print industry is in panic mode mm -hmm. um and that goes across the board everywhere. I and mean, you see the, the changes in, 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 in editorships and the changes in, in, in creative directorships daily. And part of the problem is, yes, and, and, and I'll admit, 90% of, of our traffic is not through everything, is, is on mobile. Mm -hmm. The problem is, there's a limit to the creativity you can, you can release on mobile. The average person, when they were reading a magazine, Okay, InStyle was, was, was always like the best airplane read. Now think about that. It means you're someplace for, for several hours, anywhere, you know, anywhere from like four to, you know, like, where basically you will look uninterrupted at a product mm -hmm. and be able to read and savor photographs. One of the things you always have to keep in mind when, you, when you're doing something for mobile is that person is probably not just looking at their phone. They're on a bus. They're walking down the street. They're driving. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're talking on the phone. They're talking on a different phone to somebody else. They're, they're always just, distracted. Exactly. So they're not really giving full. They're not giving full attention to what's on that phone, or they're scrolling looking for stuff, and also their patience is next to zero. Mm -hmm. It takes five seconds to load rather than three. Exactly. <laughs> you know why isn't this thing moving? Uh, you know because their photographs may take a little longer. <laughs> but the reality is, is you're still not savoring something. So a product's only going to look a certain way. On, on, on a mobile device. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does take away some of the glamour. Mm -hmm. It does take away some of the excitement, some of the beauty of it. And I don't necessarily think, necessarily think it's always a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I think there is something to be said for beautiful advertising and, and for great print. Um, I, I don't think these things should be done away with. But also, I think what you have to do then also, and this is why people say, well, everything's going to be online, everything's going to be online, and stores are gonna, all going to fold. Crappy stores will fold, mm -hmm. and stores that don't provide, and I know the word experience is starting to sound like the word journey. Right. Both of them are ridiculous. <laughs> now, what it is, is give me a reason to walk into a store. Mm -hmm. I, I think we, we look at it all the time, how there's this case for the store, this real life experience. I think the store is so far from dead, but what about print magazines? How are they going to handle? I, hang I on? think and again, I'm you know as someone who's not involved in day to day of, of print anymore, it may be 
sound like a lot of me shooting off my mouth. Um, That's because, what we're here for. No, because everybody's going in a certain direction. I think they're going in the wrong direction. Uh-huh. The reality is you can't run after bloggers. You won't, you, you're not that fast. You won't win. Mm-hmm. If you're a monthly, you can't keep up. And yes, you can go to your .com and all that stuff. And oh, we have all these, we have all these visits down. The problem is you still have a core product. If you want it to be a loss leader, fine. But the more you chip away at, 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 at the budget for that main product, the less interesting you make it. The crappier the paper you use, the less interested I am in the photograph. And there are so many magazines that have downgraded the quality of their, of, of their paper. And that may not sound like that, that's a cost-saving thing, but it also has a lot to do with you're taking photographs with models that you're paying God knows what to and photographers you put under contract, but you're printing it on, 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 on sub-quality uh, sub paper. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to look that great. Right. It doesn't feel the same. And, and you're also not creating something that I can't find someplace else. And the reality is, and look, and everybody talks about this, no one has still proven whether all that Instagram posting and Pinstagram posting and Snapchat posting sells anything. Mm-hmm. It brings awareness. It brings awareness to a dress. It brings awareness to a celebrity. Yes, I'm sure Selena Gomez with her 7 billion followers, <laughs> if, 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 if she gets paid 500,000 bucks as if she says, oh, I love Diet Coke. Okay, people will buy another Diet Coke. That's an exception. That's an, ex- an extraordinary exception to the rule. But for the average person, these people who have 150,000 followers and we go, woo, woo, or this one has like 600,000 followers, I still don't know if they're selling any product. They're selling the connection to a product and they're mm-hmm. making you aware of a product, whether that will actually make you go into a store and buy something. Uh-huh. I mean, the reality is, look at the, look, look an example of a store that is doing well, Zara. Mm-hmm. Are they an, do, you, do you see them... Crowding out the Instagram market? No, that, that's what comes to mind when you think of the uh, the shopping experience where it's just like, here's everything and you can pick what you want. See, but <laughs> Zara, oddly enough, Zara is surprisingly edited for the volume of merchandise that it sells. It is one, surprisingly edited, and two, they have the luxury, because they're so big and so powerful, of being able to turn over merchandise at a, at a speed level that has everybody else blown sideways. So for a store like Bloomingdale's to try to imitate that, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the thing is, you have to create something. You have to create something so that when I walk into a store, it doesn't feel like I'm in anybody else's store. If I blindfold, if I took you to a mall, and, and, and I'm someone who's still a shopper. I actually believe in like touching merchandise. <laughs> um, I like fitting rooms. Um, but if, if, if I took you to, not say not in New York City, but a city, let's say a, a, a mall, in another city and blindfolded you and then took the blindfold off and said, are you in Neiman Marcus? Are you in Bloomingdale's? Are you in Saks? You might have a problem telling me where you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an issue. It's an issue with all kinds of merchandise. It's an issue in the same way. Example, when I, when I first came to Gabriel, Gabriel has, they don't have any free stores, any freestanding stores. So they work with over something like between 1,200 and 1,500 uh, uh, fine jewelry retailers around the country. Mm-hmm. Which in some ways is a difficulty because it, it partially makes you at the mercy of that retailer. So you can either do what the old way was, which you let the retailer basically move your, basically decide what product is being there, or what you have. So then sometimes what that does when people are at that mercy is you start creating tons of stuff. So you become a jeweler that's everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, my feeling when I got there was I said, well, you guys do something so well. There's something you do that's so you don't even know how good you are. 
You truly don't. You don't know how good you are. You have this great take on, on a modern aesthetic, something that's modern yet romantic, that has this accessible kind of jewelry, this, this accessibility to, to, to jewelry that a woman would want to wear every day, mm-hmm. whether, it's, whether it's that Y pendant or, or, or this great little hoop. This, their, their hoop earrings have like, um, um, it's a screw back, so mm-hmm. you can't possibly lose them, mm-hmm. which nobody else has. Okay, so the thing is, but the pieces are so accessible and light and comfortable. Well, why would, well, instead of doing Moroccan jewelry, instead of imitating Indian jewelry, let's do this. Let's, let, here's this, here's this beautiful jewelry that not only looks like it belongs in the modern world, it looks like it, like stuff that, that matches a runway, but also it looks like jewelry that a woman could buy for herself. Mm-hmm. Which that's, that's the way it's moving. Well, because it should be, because why? Because if a woman's going to be working, a woman's going to be working and if she's, we're slowly getting to the point of parity, which is what it should have been all along, and she's going to make enough money, mm-hmm. okay, that she can actually treat herself. Well, why shouldn't you treat yourself to good stuff? Give why shouldn't nice you treat jewelry. Right? And then you can make your, again, it doesn't have to be given to you by a man or somebody else who right. loves you or a family myself. member. And <laughs> basically, you buy it, and then you can create your own memories because you will always, because the advantage of wearing fine jewelry is it'll always heighten your mood. You know this. When you wear something that's pretty, that's precious, that matters, it always makes you feel special. One of the problems I do feel, one of the biggest problems I feel to me in, 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 in style or fashion these days or, is the casualization. This idea that I can wear anything anywhere and it's just fine. You know something? No, it's not. Well, you need that statement piece, the jewelry. But it's not even statement piece. I think it's the, whole, I think it's the totality. Uh-huh. The idea of... of then and and I saw you know a guy comes to the theater the other night and he's wearing his gym shorts and a tank top and flip flops as an orchestra seat sitting in seventh row center the woman sitting next to him just wanted to just gag and die <laughs> but the point is sounds it, like a him problem no and, I, and but the thing is but what I'm saying is, it, it, but it is indicative not just it, it's not just a men's thing it's this I it, look the Upper East Side where I live okay it used to be every woman was walking down the street with a little Chanel jacket well everybody looks like they just got out of Soul Cycle yes. okay guess you may think it looks for, it, it's perfect to be that way in the street you know something it's not okay you're gonna look like you just came from Soul Cycle. Okay, and your hair is going to be just scrunchy, but you have to, you've been cool, you've been peddling, you know, you went up that sort of, that, 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 that virtual mountaintop, whatever it is, and came down with all your buddies, and now you feel amazing. But you didn't bother to change, and you're in the street, and, sweaty ass, and you're going to run into somebody you know. Go. <laughs> oh, well, you know, just, I know, you know, I, 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 I just came out of SoulSide, and I didn't have time to put on makeup, so, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm coming home now, okay, but I, have, I have a meeting at 10 or th- no matter what you say, no matter what excuse you give, when you walk away, that person's going to go, I just ran into Carol. God, she looks awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. It matters. You don't, one of the great things about living in New York is the spontaneity of New York. You never know what's around the next corner. But that's what life is about. Mm-hmm. Life is about surprise. Okay? It's, you know, when the, the most horrible phrase I can ever think of is when you ask somebody, how are you? And they go, oh, same old, same old. Really? That's how you look at life? Same old, same old? Whew, that is, I am, I may be older than the three of you your ages put together. <laughs> I have never in my life ever said something so pathetic as that. Yes. So what do you think that means about the modern definition of luxury? Because people say it's not about the nice Chanel jacket anymore. It's about it the a- fact that you can go to SoulCycle and get your green juice and no, have that's these not, experiences. That's not luxury. Right. No, no, no. That's, that's the difference. That's accessibility. 
And I think that's wonderful that you can. And I think everybody should feel, be fit. I think everybody should be fit. And I'm in the gym four days a week. Okay, fine. That's cool. But understand the differentiation mm-hmm. to, 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 to create a, a, a system in your day that has no mountains and valleys. That's all the same straight line that allows you to look the same, sound the same, move the same. What's the purpose of that? What's the point of that? What's the fun in that? Mm-hmm. There's nothing. The, the idea that you have, that you, here's the reality, is that, that regardless of what world, uh, what year we're living in, and how many more, you know, there's a, the iPhone 10 came out today, and it can do everything but like make your dinner. Okay, <laughs> there are certain things about us that don't change all that much, and they haven't changed for generations. Um, being given a compliment still feels really good. Going out in the street and looking your best still feels really good. Looking in a mirror and being happy with what you see still feels really good. Having somebody to say, oh my God, you look beautiful today, that feels really good. Somebody saying, God, you're sexy. Nothing's better than that. <laughs> so that's so the luxury is you have the ability to create that for yourself in so many different ways. There's your luxury. Mm-hmm. The luxury is now everybody at every single price, at, at, at every single sense of income has the ability to look and feel amazing. That's true luxury. To take the time in your own day to devote to yourself to find out what is best for, what makes you look and feel and present yourself best to other people mm-hmm. and to take advantage of it, that's luxury. So let's let's go back to the role of the editor then. Yes. How do you talk to these people? And what do you think that they're still, what's their, has their job changed? You're saying that there's not enough curation, but you know, there's still editors in these positions who are supposed to be guiding that conversation. The problem with, uh, you're talking about in terms of print or, or in terms of what, or retail or? Print or, uh, every, print every, or every, online media. Okay, the, the problem with that is is that, and again, I, you know, the, look, the, 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 the trains left the station is, is that so much of it is now, it, it, when I started out, it, it, there was such a level of church and state between the editorial side and the and, and, and the publishing side or the money side and mm-hmm. the advertising side that I remember people at the New York Times, I was the men's style editor of the New York Times and I did women's there for like five years. If the money side talked to you, they got they got castigated. They got if they found out that they had talked to you, they got they got they got screamed at. Right. If you if they asked you to go on a call, okay, on, on an ad call, don't ask. Okay. <laughs> Nowadays, editors report to that side. So it's, it's hard to, to truly be an editor uh-huh. if, you, if there are people you have to answer to, if there's a list of certain people advertising in that magazine that always have to be answered to. I think the same way in terms of, you know, in terms of retail. If you open up 27 shopping shops, well, you got to fill them with merchandise. What if you, let's say, I'm not saying that, 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 that let, I, I won't say the name. Let's say there's a shop in the corner. And, and you're a big retail, so you're Macy's. And you went to that show, and that show was terrible. Well, you got a shop you got to fill. You're screwed. Right. <laughs> you, have to, you have to fill that shop. So, so, the, so I, the buyer's hands are kind of tied. Well, the, the buyer's hands. Well, yeah. And I, I think, but I think then there needs to be, in that, in that understanding, there needs to be more interaction in the sense of understanding. Maybe there needs to be also a better understanding of, of what will excite people. Mm-hmm. And I think the mistake that sometimes people make um, in this day and age, is that ev- because everything is global and everything has to be big, okay? It, it's 
that let's put on a show mood is gone. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at, at how Calvin and Donna and, and Ralph and all these people started, you know, you know, the clothes on their back and pushing their own clothes down 7th Avenue. Now everything has to be global. Mm-hmm. So it, it raises the stakes. And, but it still comes down to the fact that you still have to create things that get people excited. And oddly enough, what gets people excited is not stuff that they already own. Mm-hmm. You have to anticipate what people will want. You have to surprise people with what they will want. It's one of the reasons why I despise focus groups. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because for $75 in a sandwich, (laughs) somebody's going to sit there and tell me how to run my own company or how to to run my own business. When in fact, the only thing they're going to use for stimulation is the merchandise or the product or the print or whatever it is that they've already seen and expounding on whether they like that or not. Oh, there should be more. No, if you knew... What went in there that was new and fresh, you'd have my job. Mm-hmm. But you don't. Yeah, people don't know. It's, so they don't no want. offense, I really don't care. Right. Um, and, and, but it, it's the idea of taking, a pro, like, of taking a new bracelet, of taking a new ring or a new design and saying, well, nobody else has this, but you know what? We're going to go for it because we really believe in this. And I think there just has to be more of that. And I think there has to be more of that in all elements of business. I think one of the things that, that the reason why this room is covered in Apple product is that <laughs> Steve Jobs didn't do focus groups. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs didn't care what you thought. Steve Jobs said, this is how they're going to work. Why? Because I said so. Because mm-hmm. I believe it. Because it's, what, it's how I imagine people to, to, to think. It's how I think they work. And he, whether he was a nice guy or not a nice guy or great to work with or horrible to work with, the man had a vision. He had a vision of how, pe- of how he saw people behaving in a most passionate and efficient way towards a particular type of, of communications product. And the guy was dead on right. Right. So do you think that designers are more afraid now than they were in the past to take risks and make bold statements like that? I don't, I think some designers are. I think a lot of designers are, are, are I, I think, do have it. I think I think it's where the, the, the next step in the chain goes. Mm-hmm. It's where the, it, it's the retailer or it's the editor or it's the buyer or it's the store owner who goes, gee, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and, they're, they're all spinning their wheels. But the point is, yes, you don't know. So, but the thing is, the, but it's not about what you know and what you don't know. It's what you love and what you don't love. The thing is, when, when you look at the excitement of the people who work at Gabriel in terms of creating a product and are willing to say, you got you to gotta, you gotta put this in your store because this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because this, these, these stackable rings are better than those stackable rings because they're more fun to play with. Mm-hmm. You know, or because we've created something on a website that's more interactive so that people can get excited about a product. You have to get people excited. Okay, and getting excited requires more work, it requires more time, and it requires more risk. Mm-hmm. And that's the key to the last word. You have to be willing to stick your neck out, and, sometime, and sometimes, basically, someone will give it a kiss, and some, sometimes someone will take a machete and chop it off. It's <laughs> <laughs> good advice. Uh, we're in the middle of fashion month, so I want to know, what's your take on designers? You mentioned Ralph Lauren doing see now buy now what does that mean for the buyer the editors how you know i think i think see now buy now works you know it it works for certain lines and it doesn't work for others and i think that's a matter of people knowing their customer Mm -hmm. you know i i think for lower price like you know tommy you know hill figures had extraordinary success with see now buy now but his his clothes are priced at a certain point right at a certain level tom ford tries see now buy now uh uh, uh, it it didn't work for him Mm -hmm. why his customer his customer is either willing to wait or they don't. Or they don't have that sense of immediacy. Or they. Or, and I think it has to be something that really is about what you feel. But for the most part, 
Yes, the most part, you walk, no, when you look at it in terms of other product, you don't want to walk into a car showroom and have somebody say, well, you got to wait six months for that car. Right. You know, if it's a custom-made, you know, $370,000 automobile, that's Maybe. a different story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you've asked for some kind of, you know, burled wood that's only made in Bhutan, you know, to, to come here. Uh -huh. But for the most part, you want to walk in and look at a car and say, ooh, whoopee, and walk <laughs> out with one. The same thing when you walk into a jewelry store. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody finally sees that ring of their dreams. Okay, they don't want to... You know, oh, you know. Would you mind getting married six months later, mm -hmm. so we, so we can, we, we can finally craft your engagement ring? No, but I think for the, I, I think it's, it's, it is driven very much by, um, by multimedia and by social media, but it isn't, it isn't always the answer to everything. I think it's an, the answer to some product. I don't think it's the answer to all product, mm -hmm. and I, and I think it just, it's, it's a matter sometimes. Once again, this idea of blanket solutions to everything. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that has sort of transpired in our culture is because everything is so niche, because our behavior patterns are so different, because our level of, of, of independence is so different, because a business like the one we're sitting in right now couldn't have existed 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are so many different ways now to, to, create, to, to have a job, to have a life, to, to, to people, people are doing more individ, individual things than ever before. So you can't say this works for all women between 19 and 23, and this works for all, all for all, uh, you know, two, two, two child families, two, two child family situations. Mm -hmm. You you really have to look and sometimes change it, even for different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. it, but people love to make generalizations, especially about millennials. Well, of course they do, and and. And look, the stereotypes have a reason to exist. Mm -hmm. Okay, they do. Okay, you'll always hear about like, and I can say it because my last name is Rubenstein. You always hear about Jews, you know, but Jews always will bargain. They'll always will bargain. Everybody yelled at Trump for the things that he. But the reality is, in my family, the only sin was buying retail. Okay, growing <laughs> up, it just was. Okay, so you, there, there's a, always a kernel of truth somewhere in that stereotype. Mm -hmm. And yes, it, and, and there are certain elements about millennials. There, you know, your lack of patience, okay, that's number one. Two, the fact that so much information comes through on that, on that laptop that's in front of you, you that, that your curiosity is sometimes sort of shortchanged because you, you're so busy staring at that, you don't see other things around you. Mm -hmm. There's often a, a lack of desire of to pay any attention to anything that happened before you showed up, <laughs> okay? And, and you really cut yourself short with that. But, that's, but it's not always true. And the, the reality is, and I think, and, and this, is the, this is the tough thing, as things go faster, as thing, and things get bigger, and things get more global, you still have the responsibility to treat each individual as a new possibility, as a new experience, as a new customer. Mm -hmm. This the same way that not only will one woman buy this earring and not buy that earring, but one woman will buy this earring but wear it a different way, is you have to be able to take the time. And, and this is the true difficulty, I think, of, of, of creating successful businesses and, and where the success lies, is to be able to stop long enough and say, okay, take a breath from one person to the next, from one customer to the next. What is this person's needs are? Mm -hmm. Because they're not the same anymore. That image in the, in the 1950s of of every single housewife looking like, you're probably too young, but like Donna Reed on TV or Mary Tyler Moore when she was married to Dick Van. And, 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 but in fact, that generalization, it didn't hold completely, but there was, but it made more sense then than it does now. When you look at, you know, the, 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 like Mad Men and how everybody dressed in the 60s and how that business made more, it, there was truth to that. Mm -hmm. But 
That's not how business runs anymore. So you have to keep tailoring everything that you do to each individual. It's almost like everybody becomes a custom product. And that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging. But it also, it's the, if, you look at the, if you look at the companies that succeed best and that succeed now, it's what they do. So we're almost out of time, basically out of time already. But I want to ask, what? so who's in charge? Is it the customer or is it the, the buyers, the curators, the editors? I don't necessarily, I, I think what you have to do, I, I don't think one person's in charge. And that's what they, I think the designer, I think it's all about capturing, capturing passion and excitement and love and, and, and that the, the designer, the designer, the reality is you only have your five senses. Mm-hmm. That's all we got to work with. Okay, forget, like I said, forget the focus groups, forget the metrics, forget all the paperwork that everybody throws in your face. All you got is what you love. All you can believe in is what you love. So you have to put that out there. Then comes to the buy at retail. All they should be buying is what they love. And then the customer should be open to experience to fall in love new every single time. Very good. That's all you have to do, right? It's a lot. <laughs> like I said, but you know, but like when, when you look, when you, when you, I, I think the lovely thing, just to bring it back to Gabriel just for a second before we go, when you look at this company and this company, and, and it's, it's a successful company, it's not a big company, it's not a small company, a couple hundred people, but they've been remarkably successful and they're remarkably successful because they're true to one thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're true to the things that make them happy, that they want to see people, uh, one of our, uh, their, their phrases is, is uniquely beautiful, that every woman, every woman is special, and every woman, you have to take her exactly as she is, not to put her in a slot in a category. Mm-hmm. That, that's fun just to, for initially starting out, but you have to see what somebody's individual, per- no one, I'll leave you with this, okay? There, okay. Is, there is seven billion people on this earth, okay? There are so roughly three and a half billion women in this, in this world. When you look in the mirror, instead of, I don't, most women do this, they look at the things that they're missing or the things that they don't have or, or they wish they had Angelina, Angelina's lips so that, or, or, or they had you know, Jennifer Aniston's hair or whatever. It's nonsense. Because the reality is that of those three and a half billion women in this world, none of them look just like you. None of them are just like you. You are unto yourself. You are unique. You are special. That's what they focus on. To me, that's what everybody should focus on. The reality that every individual is a special person. Thank you, Hal. You're welcome. a really good note to leave on. <laughs> I like that. Good, I'm glad. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for coming in. Uh, and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. And be sure to follow us on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher and leave us any feedback you have.